Live from the mist and shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the world-famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. Got a fun episode planned for you today. With me is a new friend of mine. She is from Lausanne, Switzerland, of all places. Beautiful place. Not a cheap place to live, either. Her name is Claudia Cox, and she is the author of The Text Weapon. So guess what we're going to talk about today? You got it. We're going to talk about texting. But we're not going to have just another generic texting conversation like you've heard every dating coach give for the last 10 years. Claudia and I are going to conspire to give you creative texting ideas that you haven't heard before, we hope, and also talk a little bit about the evolution of texting since SMS hit the scene about, I don't know, it's been about 12, 13 years now. So uh, first of all, Claudia, welcome. Oh, hello, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a little warmer here in San Antonio, Texas this time of year than it is in uh, Switzerland a little bit. Yeah, sure. it's chilly. <laughs> chilly, but nice. Man, last time I was in Switzerland was in December, and I thought I was going to turn into a block of ice standing beside Lake Geneva. It was crazy. Yeah, a couple years ago, we had um, some severe ice storms. I don't know if you ever saw some of the pictures. There was just like layers of ice on everything, on cars, on all these statues. It was pretty impressive. Well, actually, I tend to avoid ice storm porn as much as I can. I'm going <laughs> to give it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But enough about me. Uh, let's talk about what you do. You are an expert in texting. It's like your gig, which I find fascinating because a lot of times people talk about texting and they kind of make it part of their overall dating advice gig. This is mm -hmm. what you specialize in. What caused you to become the queen of texting, Claudia? Well, I've always loved written communication. So I was the person, you know, in elementary school and high school sending these little origami uh, messages in between class. And then when I got my first cell phone in 2000, um, I just became obsessed with text messages. <laughs> it was like I wanted to save each one of them. It was a romantic souvenir. It was, uh, yeah, my little friends. So I started writing all my text messages in little books and keeping them and uh, kind of studying the art of texting. How long have you been in Europe? I've been in Europe um, a little over 15 years now. Now, see, Europe got SMS before the United States got it. Well, SMS started in 1992. Yeah, but I mean in terms of like broad usage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back I, already in 2000, you know, I was using SMS to make plans with people. Every Thursday night, I had a group of friends and we'd never call each other. We'd always send, you know, little text messages. So yeah, I think in the U.S. it probably started taking off around 2008 or something like that. Oh, it was earlier than that. It was like 2003 or four. But I know for a fact we were behind Europe and probably also Japan. It was already mm -hmm. a thing before we ever even heard of it. Yeah, just because, you know, here, you know, telephone plans were so expensive. So text messages still back in the day were about 30 cents a piece. But it was still, you know, a lot less expensive than calling people. Because obviously, if you've been to Switzerland, you know, it's not the cheapest place in the world. So. Oh, yeah. You betcha. I mean, it's like $35 to eat at McDonald's over there. Yeah. <laughs> not that I eat at McDonald's anymore, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a freaking donor kebab is like thirteen fifty. You know, that's yeah. crazy. You're on a diet pretty quick. But you know, one thing that's interesting is that chocolate here is still pretty cheap. You can go to the supermarket and you can get one of these huge, you know, slabs of chocolate for like a dollar. And it's like better than anything you can find, you know, in Godiva or anything in the U.S. So, 
So that's your secret. You're subsisting off of chocolate over Yeah, there. chocolate and water. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds like a wonderful diet plan, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Antioxidants, the works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this texting thing. Uh-huh. I was actually listening to you talking, and you mentioned something about saving all of your SMSs, especially back in the early days, as sort of romantic souvenirs. Now, see, I think the best texts are romantic souvenirs. I think that's the number one way to use text messaging, especially with women. Maybe that and perhaps letting them know you're on your way and little niceties like that. Finalized plans or, uh, yeah, to create a connection. Definitely. So talk to me about what it means to send a romantic souvenir as a text. What's the essence of it? Well, the essence of it is really to personalize your messages. You know, it's kind of the difference between we're talking about McDonald's, having a, you know, a burger on your own grill or going to McDonald's. You can send, have a nice day, I love you, but it's not going to really sink in. It's not going to be a romantic souvenir if you don't come with something, you know, specific about her day or about her, about her life. That's really the essence. Now, that's really interesting because I think most mainstream men's dating advice are like, be playful. Mm -hmm. Call her a troublemaker. Bring up some sort of whimsical idea that you're both about to fly off to Australia together to pet koala bears. Are you coming? Things like that. And I agree that it's a wonderful idea to bring out the playful in women. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about the evolution of texting and some creative ideas. So I'm just champing at the bit to hear your ideas on how to take that to the next level. Okay. Well, I think, first of all, people, they stress too much about text messages. You know, you have to enjoy it. It has to be fun. I'm a strong believer in fun. If it's not fun, do something <laughs> else, right? Dating, well, you're female. That everything. comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be fun. So, uh, you know, if you want to just add a little spice, add a P.S. You know, you write a message <laughs> to, your, nice. to your wife, and then you say, P.S., I love your smile, or P.S., I love my wife. You know, you can write that in, uh, in the third person. It's little details like that, or, you know, just using somebody's name. I think we get so, you know, lost in the hustle that we don't start messages and just saying, hey, Scott, you know, or hey, Emily, or coming up with a cute name. But that, you know, just makes the message so much stronger and more... Yeah, romantic right away. Now, you mentioned something about people stressing out over texting. Mm -hmm. And the thought that immediately popped into my mind is, you know, Claudia, stress is the godfather of texting. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, I mean, what happened when texting happened? All of a sudden, you were off the hook for leaving women voicemail messages and having to confront a phone conversation. You know, she answers, hello. You know, and you're like, oh, wait, I just dropped my God, phone. I'm tongue tied. <laughs> right. And then you get her voicemail message. All of a sudden it's a scene out of swingers. You know, it's like, um, yeah, um, damn it. You know, you hit uh, the pound sign and then the phone says, thank you. Your message has been sent. And you're like, no, it's supposed to be erase and re-record. What happened? And then you realize, oh, my God, they're on T-Mobile and you can't do anything about it. Because for years and years, T-Mobile didn't get the memo that the pound sign was supposed to be erase and re-record. It just sent the message. So you just never knew. It was like a box of chocolates. Every time you left a voicemail message for a woman, you had to get it right, Bubba, or you were going to be flushed down the drain. And women are notoriously unforgiving when guys like stumble all over themselves. They don't understand we're nervous or that we even are allowed to be nervous. At least that's what guys 
picture women thinking about them. So, I mean, it was a disaster area out there. <laughs> Guys were like, oh my God, I've got this phone number. She's really hot. I'd love to go out with her, but it's like third or fourth stage fear of rejection. You know, I call her and I'm not going to know what to say. I'm going to look stupid and she's going to think I'm terrible and she's not going to go out with me anyway. All these negative visualizations, of course. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. It happens. And so guys are like, oh, this is great. Now I have text messaging. I can actually compose my thoughts, figure out the perfect thing to say to her, run it up the flagpole with all my buddies, and then perfectly craft it, take a deep breath after I've proofread it four times, 10 minutes later, and then boom, I can finally send it to her, mm -hmm. you know, and then she doesn't text back and you're like, wait a minute, did you get my text or whatever? Not that texting isn't replete with its own problems, which I'm sure we'll get into, but yeah, I mean, it was absolutely a brilliant masterpiece of an invention for every shy guy or nervous guy out there when it comes to communicating with women. So that's why I say, you know, stress really is what made texting so wonderful for a lot of guys. So you've got a lot of inherently stressed out guys when it comes to interacting with women who all of a sudden are just clinging to text and they may be actually replacing what should be a real live two-way conversation yeah. with text messages, right? Which is a pitfall, don't you think? Oh, definitely. You know, you should mix it up. You shouldn't do 100% texting. You should call, see the person, do some, leave some voice messages, get on Skype, you know, because all of anything is boring. Even, you know, with your text messages, you can send witty text messages from, you know, morning till night. But if you don't put in there, you know, once in a while, something sweet and something really warm, then it gets, you know, there's like, oh, what is this? Is this comedy hour? You know, it just, it loses <laughs> exactly. its cut. Yeah, you got to mix it up. So the same thing with the way you communicate. Yeah, you mentioned warmth, which is something that I've been harping on a lot lately. I think it's super attractive to women, and yet it doesn't compromise true masculinity at all. Oh, no. And yet I think there are a lot of guys out there still teaching how to be this witty James Bond slash party boy when you're texting women. And they give all these examples because that's what guys want. They want a real example. Yeah. So you have guys who are sending texts that they learn from a dating advice book somewhere out to women and it's just completely incongruent with their personality, perhaps by design, you know, because guys who actually have that personality don't need to be taught how to have that personality. But then these guys are trying to shoehorn who they are into that and it doesn't work well for them, does it? No, because you have to make sure that your virtual image, you know, who you are online, it matches up with who you are in person because otherwise she's going to show up, she's going to meet you, she's going to be like, whoa, what the heck? you know, feel lied to and kind of unsafe. You know, this guy was, you know, sending me all these over-the-top messages and now he can't even look me in the eyes. There's, you know, there's a big problem here. Yeah, and that incongruency is creepy. Yeah, it is. Me. Because it yeah. makes us feel unsafe. We feel like we're kind of lied to and we're like, who is this guy really, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. I think once guys hear you say that, I think it becomes crystal clear. It's like a realization. It's like an aha moment. When you hear a woman say that, you know, whether we're trying to write a profile in someone else's words or God forbid, get somebody else to write our profile for us, uh, whether we're trying to impress her with a certain personality when we meet her, that isn't who we actually are. Sooner or later, it comes out. Your true colors are going to be apparent to this woman, which is why I always tell guys, hey, let's find the best version of who you really are and fit into that. 
because that's your best chance of not only attracting a woman, but attracting the kind of women you really want anyway. Yeah, because you don't want to attract all the different women. I mean, you wouldn't be happy. They wouldn't be happy. You're just setting yourself up for misery. So let's talk a little bit about the wrong kind of texts to send before we get into some super killer examples of how to text in a creative way that just thrills and delights women. (laughs) The first thing... (laughs) Okay. I just love that. I can see you're all pumped up for this. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Plus, I've had my coffee. Okay. (laughs) So um, first of all, I know so many guys who have had the vast majority, if not all, of their relationships with women utterly cratered because they get into this habit of having these dead serious two-way conversations about important stuff over text. And then what happens invariably is somebody takes the other person the wrong way because the conversation is completely devoid of nonverbal signals. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to go on but the words on the screen. So someone gets offended. It's like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? What did I mean by that? Well, what are you trying to make fun of me now? And it's like, you know, what are you saying? And then someone just says, you know, you're weird. Never talk to me again. And it's like, well, what did I do? Well, you just texted your way out of another relationship. And it was a completely innocent mistake on everybody's part. Nobody did anything wrong. The inherent problem was you chose the wrong medium in which to have this conversation. So how does a guy know when he's supposed to pick up the phone? Well, I think you can see, I mean, if you sense that the her answers are getting shorter or, yeah, you're starting to kind of feel, you're looking at what you read and you're like, whoa, how would I take that? Just pick up your phone and just give her a call. I had somebody do this the other day. We were chatting about something and his answer was kind of, you know, cold and we were on WhatsApp and I thought, okay, well, <laughs> this isn't going anywhere. So I went offline and he saw that and he must have looked at what he wrote. And then he picked up the phone. He called me like 30 seconds later. He said, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I'm walking to the bus and I realized, you know, what I sent was kind of, you know, maybe sounded harsh. So it just takes, you know, 30 seconds. Just give a call. He said, listen, I'll, you know, I'll talk to you later. I got to run. And you can save, you know, so many hassles like that. You could save, you know, three hours of texting back and forth. Are you mad? No. Why do you think I'm mad? Well, when you did, <laughs> I mean, I think we I'm all so have things. To to, we all have things to do, you know. So we're all unreformed seventh graders, aren't we? <laughs> yes. I mean, I have so many people asking me, "Well, what does this mean?" You know, if he doesn't write back or this. Well, what do you think it means? It means he doesn't want to talk to you, you know. <laughs> or if his text message, you know, says, uh, "I want to be friends." Does he really want to be just be friends? Yes. <laughs> you know, usually a text is just a text. So you know, I have probably two or three guys write me per week, Claudia sending me a text interaction or telling me what some woman said. And they ask me, what did she mean by that? And you know what I always tell them? I said, did you ask her? (laughs) And they go, oh, that's a novel idea. Maybe I should go ask her what the hell she meant by this. I mean, it's amazing. People will get a text message and they will sit there and analyze it and analyze it into oblivion. And they'll go, oh my gosh, this person, when she says, yeah, we can be friends. And you know, she just typed it out and left. And He's thinking, oh, this is the just be friends talk. And he's getting into analysis paralysis. Usually it's really smart guys who do this. Uh-huh. Then they start coming to these conclusions that aren't even for real. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what I say, Claudia. I really honestly, even in the year 2016, still believe that if this is supposed to be a two-way conversation, in other words, I'm not just imparting information to you real quick or letting you know something or being flirtatious with you or something that's uniquely cute and sexy via text message, 
for God's sake, pick up the phone and have this conversation so you can hear each other talk and interact or else you're going to get into trouble. Guys are trying to ask women out by texting and, you know, there's just isn't enough room to say the words that need to be said to properly articulate what's on your mind. Now, before I let you go wild on that answer, (laughs) I have to clarify something for you. These guys know that I was really, really hard on texting earlier in my career. Mm -hmm. Like in the year 2005, I would say, hey, look, unless you're saying, hey, I'm on my way or flirting with her, pick up the phone. And I was absolutely adamant that women love it When you man up, pick up the phone and call them. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, texting has become so ubiquitous in this culture over the past 10 years that I've backed down from that. I've stood down from that. I know that people are going to text each other. Nowadays, in the year 2016, when we're recording this, what is your recommendation for guys on when to draw the line and pick up the phone? Because I think we can all agree that plenty of women in reality really would rather text than hang on the phone nowadays. Mm-hmm. What's a guy to do? Well, I think anytime it's something emotionally, you know, an emotionally charged subject, you know, for example, what are we? Or do you want to move in together? Or, you know, if you're going to talk about her friends or her family, anything that could really kind of uh, cause a huge emotional reaction, yeah, just pick up the phone or talk to her in person. That's even better. Or something that's going to take her, you know, a lot of energy to write, to answer. You know, it's not going to just be three or four lines. She's going to be writing like a college essay. Don't do that to her. (laughs) Nobody wants to. That's horrible. It's not fun at all. She's going to just forget about your message or, you know, just be annoyed and write you something that's going to come off as I'm annoyed. And then you're going to start down the whole, you know, tunnel again. Another thing is anything passive aggressive. You know, maybe you're having a crappy day and you you, kind of send something, uh, you know, backhanded compliment or something like that. Those are the worst things. Those are the passion killers. You think it's not, you know, it's not vulgar, it's not mean, but it still, you know, ruins relationships. So you refrain from those. And then also, you know, the just, well, you were talking about this before, all the mundane, you know, zero value added text messages. I'm bored. What's up? You know, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? For the love of Frank, don't ever send those. Jealous texting too. Right? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Who are you with? Are you with your ex boyfriend right now? You know. <laughs> Fine. Hope you're having a great time, and everybody knows, you know, that you have your hands on your hips, kind of thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is always an attractive stance yeah. for guys, right? Speaking of sarcasm and being facetious, that's exactly what you're talking about. Never send something that's sarcastic or facetious because, again, there's no nonverbal communication there. She's likely to take it seriously. And one thing I've noticed about women is they're not as good at picking up on sarcasm from guys as we are with each other. Mm -hmm. They tend to take things seriously when you say things to them, whether that be over text or in real life, frankly. Because that's what they're used to from guys. They're used to guys being businesslike and dead serious, much to our detriment, I might add. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you about that one. Everything you said in your answer was absolutely on point and wonderful. You know, when you're sending a text message, you have no idea, yeah, to what kind of day the person's having. You know, maybe you're sending something at one point that she would laugh. 
regardless of your punctuation, if you know, you put in a smiley or whatever, she'd be like, oh, that's funny. But she just had a crappy commute. You know, she got in trouble at work. She's having a horrible day. And then that's just like, you know, the last little straw that broke the camel's back. And she's like, ah, I can't believe he sent me this, you know, and it's like uh, the end of the world. So that's another reason why you should stay away from anything that could, you know, cause some issue. Yeah, some rift. (laughs) Now, you mentioned emojis. I was also famously historically hard on winky smileys. Okay. I'm still famously hard on winky smileys. But nowadays, every NBA player is sending a string of emojis as a text message. Uh So I've had to get down from my soapbox on emojis a little bit here. In your opinion, how can a guy use emojis and still remain masculine and attractive? Give me an example. No, I was just thinking, you know, if a guy, if you say ha-ha, then that's a good time to use an emoji because a ha-ha could be sarcastic or it could be ha-ha and then you have to add, you know, an emoji to show that you're really laughing, you know? So I think that's the time that a guy could use an emoji. It's just not, yeah, using a whole string of like, you know, little uh, heart for the eyes and, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, teddy bears and things like that. Then you come off as like a 13-year-old girl, you know, wearing glittery barrettes and that's just not sexy. Thumbs up and trophies, (laughs) anything the NBA guys are doing, you know, unless they're total train wrecks. Yeah. Yeah, there there you go. (laughs) You know, I'm a huge fan of Dave Barry. He's a humorist who's known for writing newspaper columns that are funny, and he specializes Mm -hmm. in politics. But I just love his sense of humor. Whenever somebody asks, you know, who are your favorite authors or what are your favorite books, man, I owe so much to how Dave Barry writes humor because it's just absolutely hilarious. And one of the things he does is he'll say something sarcastic or facetious, and what he'll write afterwards is just a simple ha with an exclamation (laughs) point. I'm only kidding. I just made that up, he'll say. He's famous for saying, I just made that up, or I promise I'm not making this up when he says something really preposterous. It's just such a nice, a positive for humor. It just sets it off. It's like a ramp with Evil Knievel jumping right over it. It just launches the funny. And so I've gotten into the habit of doing that sometimes in text, sometimes in emails, a lot of times in my email newsletters for the guys who get those, sometimes I'll put ha when something is particularly clever or funny, and then I'll make a comment behind it. And it just punctuates a thought with comedic enthusiasm, which I think is fun Yeah. without being needy sounding or again, sounding like you're a first grader. No. So that's, that's a tip I would give guys is to use the ha. Although I wouldn't get too happy with exclamation points, right, Claudia? Yeah. And you have to be careful with your periods too. You know, <laughs> there was an article that came out, I think it was in January or December last year about punctuation and how adding like a period to the end of a sentence and texting sometimes it makes it come across as like harder So guys need to be careful with their punctuation. Like sure, period, between sure, period, and sure has a totally different meaning. Yeah, it's kind of like fine Uh versus fine. Fine, exactly. See, you get that. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like when a woman looks the other way and goes, fine, and kind of like does the fanning with her fingers let you, you know, like, fine. Crosses the arm. It wasn't fine. There's the clue, guys. That's fine with a period. Fine with an exclamation point or with a smiley from a woman means, yeah, I'm in. Yep. Well, the fine with the exclamation point, you might be, you might want to pick up the phone (laughs) 
Right. It's like, hey, what's wrong? I haven't heard from you. Nothing. Period. Yeah. Like, pick yeah. up the phone. Yeah. Send I'm some flowers. You. You're really <laughs> be sleeping on the that. couch tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You better make that a phone conversation. Yeah. Okay. So we've told these guys some of the things that they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. I want to hear some of your evolved texting strategies especially if they're really objective things that a guy can start doing today. And hey, if you want to get into some of the creative ideas for texting that nobody talks about, mm-hmm. you know, mishmash it all together. Let me know what you got. I'm ready. Okay. So I think the first thing is um, talking about sexy photos. <laughs> um, are those creative? Are those kind of a no-go? For me, that's a, it's a no-go. I mean, anybody, you know, can take out their phone and, uh, you know, drop their pants or do whatever they want to do and start shooting away. What I think is more creative is to use your words, you know, to create a visual image. And um, there's one of my favorite quotes that is, it's always words that undress you. So, you know, instead of uh, sending her a dirty picture, you know, you can write something uh, like, just laying here in bed, dot, 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 thinking about you, care to join, you know, show her, talk about something maybe like more sweet. Yeah, just thinking about your smile and uh, how I'd love to be responsible for that again. You know, take her back to like a moment. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be, you know, wham, bam, here's this body part, here's that. You know, create something, put in the extra energy and create it using words. Okay, so let's clarify what we're talking about here in terms of the whole sexting concept. Yeah. Dirty pictures. Yeah. Outbound to women. Unsolicited. Bad idea. Horrible idea. (laughs) Okay. I think all these guys are out there ready to throw rotten tomatoes at us if we're trying to say it's a bad idea for women to send us dirty pictures. Because, I mean, guys live for dirty pictures. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to throw water on that fire, do we? Well, no, but I think, you know, if you were talking about being creative, you know, I think it's more creative to send a message where you use your words to describe a scene or, you know, talk about the two of you in a bathtub and, you know, the bubbles against your skin and bodies rubbing against each other. I mean, that's like for a woman. I mean, we're talking about what you want to send to a woman to turn her on. That's going to turn her on a lot more than, you know, sending uh, the fifth, you know, dirty picture of the day <laughs> in a different, you know, room with different lighting and maybe, I don't know, other props. But <laughs> you know what this comes down to? This comes down to men thinking like men when they're yeah. communicating with women, which is a huge chick whispering problem. Mm-hmm. When we talk about chick whispering, we're talking about understanding women, kind of getting inside their head, understanding what it is they want from a guy, what turns them on about our masculinity. And to kind of put the shoe on the other foot for a second, I used to have a female friend in college who would buy me teddy bears and stuffed animals for my birthday and for Valentine's Day and stuff. (laughs) I'm a guy. I don't want teddy bears and stuffed animals. She wants teddy bears and stuffed animals. (laughs) And I bet you shot those because you put them, you know, on your dresser and then she walked by and, oh, you're not using this. I'll just take that with me. Well, she was precious and adorable and I liked her, but that's a fail when it comes to buying me presents. Yeah. You see. I think both genders are guilty of misunderstanding what the other gender is genuinely psyched over and attracted to. So when guys are sending dick pictures to women they barely know, well, they're thinking, hey, I would love to see this chick naked. So, you know, what's wrong with her? How come she doesn't want to see this? You know, it's Christmas early, right? (laughs) I mean, exactly. She didn't even have to ask me twice for that. I mean, God, I know what a nice guy I am. Right. 
And then when the woman goes like, ew, gross, go away. And sends it to all her friends to put on the wall, right? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's awful. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, anytime a woman sends a guy these dreamy little bubble bathy things, he's like, yeah, okay, right, whatever. When are you going to come over and suck my dick? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's the way guys are thinking. I mean, for better or worse, that's the male psyche in many, many ways. I mean, obviously, a lot of guys, especially listening to this show, probably took offense at what I just said because they're more refined. They figured this stuff out. They've evolved their thinking. They know how to talk to women. Mm -hmm. But you can't just be a guy and talk to women sexually and behave with women sexually as if they respond to the same things you do. Yes, we love when women send us naked pics. We love it, okay? And we are wholly disinterested and probably a little put off when they start getting all romantic and airy-fairy with us. Mm -hmm. But that's what they respond to. Yep. So if we know how to kind of weave those word pictures with them and install that mental image of something romantic and fun. What I always say, Claudia, is A, bring out the playful and mm -hmm. they'll get horny. And B, appeal to a woman's sensual yep. side and you will get her sexual side in return. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah, so guys misunderstand that. All you have to do is look at the popularity of online HD video porn to men versus women, and then in turn, look at how many women read romance novels and watch chick flicks, which none of us as guys want to touch with a 10-foot pole. It's a completely different mechanism for attracting and turning each other on. So I think that's brilliant advice you just gave. Yeah, and I think you know you can go beyond that by what we were talking about in the beginning about creating a connection. Yeah, because that's the way you have really good sex is if, you know, you have this strong connection with someone. That's when she's going to, you know, just feel comfortable and just, you know, be a little uh, crazy in the bedroom. <laughs> so one of the ways you can do that is by talking about secrets. You know, it's a, I don't know if you're like me, but half of my youth was spent, you know, telling secrets. And that's one of the things that I think is a very creative and very powerful thing to do when it comes to texting. You ask her, you want to know a secret? And then you tell her something personal. doesn't have to be like, I want to know a secret. I just failed my driver's, my driver's test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't let her down after you promised this secret. What you're talking about is bringing out those things that are just archetypal among women in terms of flirty, fun things that they love. I mean, if I tell my four-year-old daughter, Sarah, that I have a secret and I want to whisper it in her ear, oh my gosh, she will be delighted. Jumping up and down, isn't she? Yes. And she's never going to outgrow that. No. You know, there have been dating advisors in the past who talk about blindfolding women, even if you're both just in the living room together, if she trusts you, of course. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff is magical. Yeah. You know, here's how to dress... Here's how to prepare, but I'm going to take you somewhere tonight that's a total surprise. She's going to be like, oh, this is wonderful. Surprises, secrets, yep. mystery, intrigue. Women are absolutely all over that like kitties love catnip. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you tell her I've got a secret, then it's got to be something romantic and playful following it. It can't be I just did my taxes. No. Know, that's, 
<laughs> well, you can probably throw that out there once in a while, and that might be kind of funny, you know, with like a little smiley face, I don't know, or something. Yeah, kind of a pattern interrupt, sure. Right. Yeah, just to throw yes. her off, you know, if you've been all sweet all day long, you're like, haha, I throw that out, I'm doing my taxes. No, but you could even do it in the beginning of your relationship. You know, you could say, oh, someone told me I secretly like you. Am I really that obvious? You know, you just, just play around like you're talking about, being playful. Don't send the cookie cutter kind of messages. Hey, what's up? How's your day? Uh, good night. Bye. <laughs> right. That's not the evolution. That's the de-evolution of texting right there. That is the opposite of creative. Yeah. And to add also, you know, this element of uh, trust, you know, you can say, so do you trust me enough? You know, and make her ask. And then you can come back with something, you know, to tell me where you're ticklish or to, you know, to tell me what your your deepest uh, desire is or something. You know, you can start a conversation that way. I love that, you know, because it turns towards the sensual, mm-hmm. not the sexual. Yep. You know, I can absolutely tell you definitively what my greatest text moment of all time was. Oh. And it will never be topped. Well, now you got to tell us. <laughs> uh, see, that's the power of intrigue, isn't it? Yes, it is. See? I'm on, ah, I'm on the edge of my chair here. <laughs> yeah, see, now when I have female guests, I always like to, you know, run this stuff <laughs> just to see if it works. Well, it worked. <laughs> I'm going to preface the actual example by telling you why it's awesome. Okay. Okay. And I'm not patting myself on the back here. To be completely forthright, it was a total accident that I discovered this. It just occurred to me in the moment. I was on my second date with my wife. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I texted her the most amazing text humanly possible. It might have been when she fell in love with me when I sent this text to her. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, you're sitting in front of her and you're sending this text and she falls in love because of the text. You know, this is already not holding together. There's, you know, a leaky bucket here. Well, hold on. The premise here is that if you have something to say to her that is going to be a little bit of a zinger and kind of take things to the next level a little bit, especially sexually Mm -hmm. or physically or emotionally even, send her a text that says it, even if you're sitting right in front of her. Oh, definitely. It's even more powerful. I'm glad you agree because now I'm going to give you the example. What I was doing was I was sitting there at a Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant, which if you're in the United States, it's basically a chicken wing and beer place that's a lot of fun and, you know, men and women typically like it. We were there on our second date playing buzz time trivia together, which is that electronic trivia and having a beer and, you know, having a good old time. Chit-chatting. Very casual. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the first time I took my wife Emily out, it was to breakfast. It was the, you know, try and see date, typical first online date thing. And we adored each other. So the next day it was on and I took her out for dinner and just wanted to spend some time with her. And I'm sitting there at the counter with her and we're talking about anything and everything. You know, this is the special time where we're getting to know each other for the first time and we can sense the fireworks and the sparks. And I'd never so much as touched her before. I mean, I may have hugged her when she showed up, but this is like, the second time we ever saw each other. And I'm sitting there and she's just irresistibly adorable. I mean, I just absolutely am fighting urges just watching her lips move. You know, and I'm triangulating her lips and looking her in the eyes and doing all those body language (laughs) things that we always talk about. All the cute little semiotics when it's time to, you know, let the fireworks fly. Mm -hmm. You know, right when she's giggling and having a wonderful time, I do the unthinkably horrible, most wretched faux pas you can imagine on a second date. I picked up my phone and started texting. And she's looking at me like, 
I'm having a fun, flirty conversation with this guy, and now he picks up his phone and he, he's texting someone? <laughs> and I just looked up at her and I said, excuse me, second. And she's like, okay. And it's like, wow, that's really like incongruent. Why is this guy texting? It just didn't seem like who he is. I mean, how can he not get it like that? So I send this text message, and I look over at her, and I text a little bit more. And then I hit send on the text, and I put the phone down. And I kind of swallow and furrow my eyebrows like, so uh, what were you saying? And then I let the corner of my mouth turn up. And she's like, well, I, uh, you know, and back then, you know, towers were a little slower. It wasn't 4G yet. <laughs> so it took about five, ten seconds. But her phone buzzed. Mm -hmm. And she was still coming to grips with the fact that I'd been so rude. And she picks up her phone, and I mean, you know, I'm holding back the smile. And she's thinking, well, if this guy can text, I can take a text, right? And she <laughs> picks up the phone, and she opens the text, and I'll never forget. She reads the text, and she just, like, when women blurt out a giggle, like, <laughs> and put their hand over their mouth, you know? Yeah. And she gives me this naughty little look, and she starts texting. Now, the text I had sent her was, it is absolutely time for our first kiss to happen. Aww. And she sends me a text. Then she does exactly what I did. She puts <laughs> the phone down on the table like, you know, touche, like returning the serve, right? <laughs> and what were you saying again, Mr. McKay? She furrows her eyebrows just like I did. And I start giving meaningless chatter back to her until my phone buzzes. And then I, oh, I have a text. And I pick up the phone. And it was, yes, definitely, with a little smiley face. Right? <laughs> And I look at her with like, oh, really? And then I just put the phone down on the table without breaking eye contact with her. And we lean in. She tilts her head and I tilt my head. And we just spontaneously start kissing at this bar. Like two guys in the back like, yeah, dude, you know, it was totally hilarious. And so we have this nice little kiss. You know, it was a very sensual I'm not even sure if it was a Frenchy kiss. It was just a nice, wonderful first kiss. Did everything right. And it was everything I hoped it would be and more. And we separated from the kiss and I took my composure back and I said, um, hold on. And I picked up my phone <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her and i just started texting again. <laughs> and I said something to the effect of that was absolutely amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll have to do this more often. And I put it down and by then she just can't contain herself. She's got ants in her pants and she's just giggling. And she's just like looking at her phone and she's waiting for it to buzz and it buzzes and she snatches it and picks it up and she looks at it and then she covers her mouth and looks at me and then, you know, hammers out a text and the text is, yes, definitely very nice, you know, with a little exclamation point and another smiley. And she puts it down and I get the text and I read it and I kind of look at her and I wink and I nod. And then we just kept talking. <laughs> you didn't go in for the second kiss? Come on, Scott. Oh, in good time, oh. you know. <laughs> I don't remember that far. I got to be honest with you. This is getting on 11 years ago. I'm lucky I remember whatever I remember about what I just told you. I bet you but that was remember because us women, we remember those kind of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure if you asked her, she would totally corroborate everything that I told you. And matter of fact, I might have this old cell phone laying around somewhere. If I plug it in and charge it up, I'd probably be able to read the damn text itself. <laughs> but I think that was my greatest texting moment ever because it was such a creative and powerful way to use texting. And it made that whole moment that much more fun and loaded it with that much more intrigue and sort of silliness, Yeah. but in a good way, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So I think like dropping little bombs like that, like if you were really connecting with a woman and you were on like the third or fourth date and maybe you've gotten a little frisky with her before, you might just pick up your phone and text her. I would love to watch you have multiple orgasms and put Mm -hmm. the phone down. Yep. Wow. (laughs) I think that's a great, great example. Yeah. And she looked at me like, whoa, I would go, I didn't say anything. What are you looking at? (laughs) Then you ask for the check and you get out of there, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Beeline for the door. Right. I would imagine a really hot, sexy woman would go, say the words. (laughs) She would look at me with those tiger eyes and go, say it out loud. As she bites her lip. (laughs) Right. God, it would be the hottest thing ever, wouldn't it? Yeah. And plays footsie under the table. You're like, okay. I mean, what guy doesn't want that, right? Yeah. I mean, why do we not have the balls to do this? If you're not going to say it out loud, text it to her and see how it goes. And if she goes, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Go, oh, you know what? I think my autocorrect on my phone screwed up again. Damn iPhone, you know. But, you know, I think the problem here ultimately, Claudia, is guys just don't have the balls to say what they really want to say to women because they fear an outcome. Mm -hmm. I always tell guys, especially if they're shy, especially if they don't have a lot of sexual experience with a woman, I go, if you're a 50-50 on the fence as to whether you should say something to a woman or not, wondering how she's going to take it and it's something sexual or sensual or very flirty. For the love of everything that's good and perfect in this universe, say it. Just test it and see how it goes. And I usually guarantee, guys, Claudia, that if they go ahead and do that, Mm -hmm. if they jump over the fence when they're 50-50, okay, should I or shouldn't I, it will almost always go well for them. Yeah, I agree. It inspires like the other person. You're like kind of getting the ball rolling. You know, and when you share things, like you show a little bit of vulnerability, you're like building up trust and you're getting her to, you know, want to kind of follow in your footsteps. And the same thing with, you know, starting like, you know, kind of an erotic conversation. If you start it, then she's going to follow suit, you know, but a lot of times it's just uh, being the person to get it going. It takes a lot. I mean, this is like one percenter stuff. It takes a lot of moxie for a woman to initiate something like that. Although if you have the balls to initiate it, it's amazing how most women will follow right along. It's like dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I want you to give these guys a couple more gold nuggets that are just going to make them want to learn more from you, Claudia. All give right. me some creative ideas. Um, I think another kind of text message that you can play around with is a domination type of text message. You know, it doesn't have to be all 50 shades, but you can just kind of like the teasing and the fun, you know, you say, come on over, promise you won't regret it or, you know, stuff like that. Or, or you might get lucky tonight, but I promise, you know, I'll be on top, you know, just playing around with that. Women, they like that, the whole domination things. If you've had the discussion before and you know your partner, then yeah, go around, play with different like kind of role plays and stuff like that. Break out of the mold. I remember one time a woman asked me if I wanted to get lucky and I told mm-hmm. her, I looked her in the eye and told her luck will have nothing to do with it. And she just <laughs> couldn't handle it. <laughs> she was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fun. A lot of women, they love that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's all about masculine confidence and leadership. And I agree. Dominance in the context of her feeling safe and comfortable in your presence already is incredibly sexually powerful. So what I tell guys, Claudia, is to stop asking and start suggesting, like, you should come over right now or like, hey, would you please come over, you know, and have sex with me? That's always going to not work as well as saying, I think you should drop everything and come over here and see what I got for you because it's going to give you multiple orgasms, you know. (laughs) 
I mean, not on the first. Oh, that's day. night and day. Not on the first. Yeah, not, not on, on the, the first, first date. No. No, no, but that's uh, definitely. Give me another example of a nice dominant text that's going to turn a woman on and when to send it. All right. How about just another an example of something kind of playful? Like um, you could send this one after you've slept together a couple times. I mean, you definitely don't want to send this to somebody you haven't already been intimate with, but you could ask her, what would we be doing right now if we're all alone? Dot, dot, dot. You know, make her start thinking like, uh, oh God, what would I be doing with this guy? You know, this is getting kind of exciting. He's interested in me. He finds me sexy. He wants to know, you know, what's the next step. So I think other side of domination is also kind of letting her, you know, take control too, you know, but kind of playing like a little bit of the innocent guy too, you know, think you can teach me something. Uh, I'm a good student. You know, it's just the whole thing is just playing the different roles and, you know, mixing it up, just keeping it fresh. Because if you're always 100% dominant, then that gets old too. She's like, all right, dude, go get a dog or something else. You know, French maids, nurses, schoolgirls, <laughs> nuns, any of those weird little funky fantasies where you're role playing. Oh my gosh, women are like crazy into that. It's It's almost freakishly surprising to men when they finally go for that to watch women like light up over it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. How does a guy test that water a little bit? I guess you can kind of start off with like, you know, my house is really a mess. Maybe I should hire a French maid. Know anybody? You know, yeah. something like that. That's good. Or you can say, um, just tell her, be like, why don't you come over this weekend uh, wearing your cheerleader outfit or something, you know? Yeah, just, just <laughs> throw it, throw it out there. <laughs> oh, I think I need a head nurse. <laughs> That's a little over the top. And you need a head nurse. I mean, I think I need to know her pretty well. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Actually, really feminine women who like to have fun and aren't hyper offended about everything. And those are usually the best women. It's amazing what you can get away with. And they'll be like, you know, gosh, I just love guys when they're owning being male. Mm-hmm. And they know that you don't mean them any harm, that you're not some kind of predator. They feel safe and comfortable with you. It's amazing how you can do that. You can just come out with blatantly masculine stuff and it really is kind of a turn on for them as long as the safety and security is there that's the big caveat yeah once you have those in place then you kind of have you know a free card and you can play around now let's say you just met this woman Mm -hmm. and she may not even know who you are when you text her for the first time i think a lot of guys they really do shy away from calling her and they would rather text her and you know that's sort of become okay nowadays You Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to text her like, hi, hello, or God forbid, remember me. So what is your creative way to really make that first communicative impression with a woman after you've met her and got her number? Um, It's actually to come back with a couple specific things from the night before or whenever you met her. You know, you can say something, uh, what I remember from last night, you being a great dancer great bar and uh, an amazing first kiss. Not especially, you know, not necessarily in that order. Well, that would be going a little bit far, you know, if you already kissed her. But, you know, you bring out three things that she's like, oh, wow, this guy wasn't just, you know, one of 50 girls that he met. He remembers all these things about me. So coming back with something specific. And that's not needy or weak to show that you actually were paying attention and that you actually are interested in her. No, not at all. No, 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 no. The exact opposite. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the way to make sure you don't draw a blank when that time comes 
is to think a few chess moves ahead. What mm-hmm. you're going to do is you're going to actively listen to her, ask her a few questions about herself, get her engaged, find out some things about her when you meet her for the first time. And that listening will pay off because you'll be able to have that little inside joke or know something about her that you can parlay into a first text that shows her that you were listening and also positively identifies you as that guy. Yeah. You know, I think that's brilliant. One time I met a woman who worked at a pizza place. This was years ago. And the first text I sent to her the next day was, yeah, this is Scott. I'd like to order a dozen pepperoni and anchovy pizzas. Could you have those delivered in (laughs) under 20 minutes, please? And, you know, that was funny because it played on her being a pizza girl. I may have even said, hey, pizza girl, this is Scott, you know, because it's not anything particularly creative or evolved. Everybody's been giving girls nicknames for ages, but, you know, it's still a pretty good idea. It still works like a charm. And even just as this kind of just a simple tweak is to create a connection really fast is, for example, instead of saying, hey, Claudia, you say, hey, C, you know, just uh, the first initial of her name. All of a sudden, you're, you have this intimacy, this connection. So names, I think, are really important. And also the way you sign off, you know, not just like, uh, bye, you know, just say uh, kisses on your porcelain cheeks or, you know, kisses on the <laughs> small of your back. I'm really into like, you know, specific kisses and being creative with that kind of stuff. Because That's it's just the little things like that that set you apart from all the other guys. You don't have to be, you know, a superstar, a stand-up comedian, but you just have to be a little bit better than the rest of the guys. So what I hear you saying there between the lines is you always kind of want to put a denouement on your texting, not just leave each other hanging. Yeah. There has to be some sort of indication, okay, we're hanging up now. Yep. I have one last thing for you. <laughs> What's that? I promised you this. I hope it's delicious and low-calorie at the same time. <laughs> no, it's not my my famous uh, protein bars. <laughs> well, no. You know what? I hope it's your famous brownies that you were handing out at the Elite Man Conference. Those were incomparable. Oh, thanks. Swiss chocolate amazingness for all you guys who missed out on that, courtesy of Claudia Cox. By the way, I can't believe I've been remiss in telling these guys that I actually hung out with you recently and I've met you in person. So actually, you and I really are friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hanging out great over brownies. there in Massachusetts. Oh, thanks. You're going to get A some more brownie. next Brownie. Great brownie. I had to limit myself to one, you know. So enough about you. What do you have for me again? (laughs) (laughs) I have your special treat here, and that is romantic bedtime stories. (laughs) And this is the As if I don't get enough of those already. Go ahead, bring it on. In your dreams. In your dreams. In my dreams. Is that what it's called? No. In your dreams. (laughs) Romantic bedtime stories. I think a lot of guys would be able to resonate with that. Sure. <laughs> For all ages. Huh? Yes. No, but this is something that women love. You know, we're talking about this in the beginning is putting the romance back and giving women, you know, something fun and romantic instead of, you know, the 500th uh, dick pic of the day. So there's basically a formula to write your own little romantic uh, bedtime story is you introduce the characters. So it's basically you and her, right? And then you include a couple of characteristics about her, obviously how beautiful she is, how talented, something she's doing. And then you take it a step further and you create some sort of a danger or, you know, a big mess. And then, of course, you come and you save the day. So I have a story for you. All in text message. Yeah, all in text message. Or you can leave a voice message. And if you're a part, let's say you're going to be traveling for a week or something, you can, yeah, you send her her own personalized little romantic uh, goodnight bedtime story. 
Well, you know, the ongoing story in general with an inconsistently timed increment in between, like the first installment happens, then the next installment happens five minutes later, then you wait 15 minutes, then you wait a minute. That plays to every woman's sense of intrigue and fun and playfulness and all those things we enumerated earlier. Yep. Yeah, Love you it. can cut it apart and you can send her, oh, that's all you're getting for tonight. Or, you know, you don't care what happens next. You know, you can have her be interactive. You say, so what do you think Scott should do? Huh? Should he save her business or should he, you know, go off and have some beers at the bar? You know, just you kind of make it kind of fun and uh, playful. Right. You can make it like the mystery of Edwin Drew, the old uh, Broadway show that had seven or eight different endings and you didn't know which one you were going to see when you bought a ticket for a certain night. (laughs) Or there you could even play. Oh, you just gave me a great idea. You could even ask her to send you some pictures and then depending on the pictures she sends you, she gets a different ending. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is genius. That's the mic drop. I'm dropping the mic. That was it. Man, that's genius. Are you sure, baby? You got something better? Because your business is closing. I haven't quite come up with an ending yet. Depending on the next picture you send me, I'm going to decide the ending. Well, you'll know where you stand immediately. (laughs) Right away. So do you want to hear your story? Oh, okay. Does it involve kisses in French? Zubi, zubi, zoo? Bizou, zoo. That's me. I love bizou. (laughs) I know. You sign your emails, bizou. Yeah. (laughs) Or gros bizou. Those are big bizous. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Actually, my Spanish is much better than my French, so my bisous are lacking. So, besos, isn't it? Besos? Besos, yes. Or bachi. You should be able to, that's another thing, guys. Learn how to say kiss in at least five languages. And then you can just, you know, kind of interchange if you get lazy. Latinas will sign besitos, little kisses. Oh, yeah, that's cute. I like that. With little hearts. See, we love that. Or calling people, you know, call your girl little something. Just stay away from the big girl or anything like that. It's going to get you in the doghouse. Oh, yeah. Well, my four-year-old daughter is Sarita. Oh, that's She's cute. Little Sarah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm standing in my own way here. Let me get the hell out of my own way and let you uh, feed me. Okay, so More here's brownies. your story. This is your story, all right? This is for your lovely lady. So once upon a time in the outskirts of San Antonio, there lived a beautiful world traveler named Emily. One day, a handsome guy named Scott heard about her and set off to meet her. Oh, so this is a nonfiction novel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're going to be starting. You're going to have to send some This pictures. is a documentary. You're going to have a bad ending to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so he got to town and started looking for her safari business. He found it, but not her. Scott walked around town asking where she was. Finally, he found her, alone and crying. Even crying, Emily was more beautiful than any woman he'd ever seen. She told him that someone had hacked her computer and taken all her files, her customers and her business. He kissed her on the head and told her it'd be okay. He asked her for her passwords and everything else, and something in her eyes made made her trust him, and she gave him everything. He left, tracked down the stolen data, and put the hackers out of business. Went back to where he left Emily and found her. She was still crying. He took her face in his hand and showed her the screen and everything had been restored. Her eyes lit up and she smiled. They went to a cafe hand in hand where they planned out their next safari. Then they kissed. A long, sweet kiss. And the next thing they knew, they'd fallen in love. (laughs) You're one of these closet techie chicks, aren't you? (laughs) No, there you go. There's your love story. You're one of these closet techie chicks, aren't you? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> because you came up with this romantic story that involved computers and geekiness. 
<laughs> Don't lie to me, Claudia Cox. Yes, I know okay, you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we need to edit that out. <laughs> no, no, no. It's staying in. You're delightful. Everybody loves you. We're making everybody oh. love you. And guys, if you do love what you're hearing, you need to go check out my friend Claudia Cox, who is the author of The Text Weapon. And I've set up a special URL as always for you. It's at www.thechickwhisperer.com. Oh, dash it all. Let's make it Cox. And that is C-O-X. Okay. I'm probably going to have to actually go in there and make both URLs just in case somebody (laughs) spells it wrong. Yeah. So whatever you type in there, whether it's three letters or five, it'll still go to the same place. So www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash Cox. Go and get you some. And you will be very pleased because Claudia is very fun. She's very creative. She's very guy friendly and she still is gifted with the mind of a woman. So you're going to be learning things that are guaranteed to work. And when you get there, you'll see what she's got for you. And I highly recommend it. Claudia, thank you so much for staying up late. It's got to be like 10 or 11 there over in uh, Switzerland. So thank you so much for joining us and having such a perky, fun conversation with me. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I had a great time. And guys, if you haven't, hold on a second here, I'm going to sneeze. It's <laughs> always something at the end of these shows. Oh, don't cry. Don't snort cocaine. We can, we can, yeah, exactly. We can still talk. We can still be friends. It's not over. You're going to have to stop giggling so I can have a clean take. Hold on a second. Sorry. I'm like sweating profusely here. I've like closed everything off. I lost half my body weight. I have that effect on women. What can I say? Now I got to stop making you laugh, which is going to be a heavy lifting. All right. Hold on a second. Serious. And guys, if you're not getting my newsletter yet, it's at www.thechickwhisper.com. You can see pictures of all my guests, including the lovely Claudia Cox and check out the show notes and indeed get in on my newsletter where you'll find a wealth of information daily on how to be better with women, how to be a better man. It's all there for you at www.thechickwhisper.com. And until I talk to you next time, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2016 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.thechickwhisperer.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Chick Whisperer Podcast. <laughs>